Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Welcome to episode number 125 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry with me. I have one of those minds, but his mind is so large that I only need one guest on the podcast this week. That is Dustin Galker. You can follow him on Twitter at Dustin Galker. You should. It's absolutely free. If you hate yourself, you can follow me at Matt Brown. M2. We'll hit up some quick news about Florida, Minnesota, Ohio. What's going on in those states? We'll talk about some uh, massive numbers coming out of Illinois. We'll look at some stock stuff, but uh, let's kick things off here, Dustin, with some DraftKings news. No, we're starting with New York. Sorry, New York. New York's the oh. big. New York's the big thing. There's no. There's no. Let's start with New York. I'm. What am I even doing? I mean, here? this is like. There's, this is. This involves the DraftKings, but it does. They're 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 involved in all of this. But I mean, the massive thing here is we know now at least who's going to be playing in the sandbox. Yeah, we have. Uh, what we have is the New York State Gaming Commission released who won bids in New York to operate sports betting there, and it is. The, the suspects that we thought it was going to be. So two of the two super bids that we have been talking about on this podcast for a long time were accepted at a 51% tax rate on revenue. Uh, so this is good news if you like a lot of the big brands. Vandal, DraftKings, BetMGM, Caesars are all included in this. You're also going to get points bet. Uh, bet Rivers, uh, which is Rust Street Interactive, WinBet. Um, something from Resorts World, which is one of the casinos there in, in, the, in New York. And BallyBet, which is... Uh, which, as we know from this podcast, also is is by has acquired everything on the planet and is going to be in New York as well. So those are as as, as things stand now, your nine operators in New York, and now we're on to basically the waiting game of when we launch. There's no quite there's no sense right this second of of how quickly this will all happen. There's no timeline per se. They're still hoping for a, a Super Bowl launch. Uh, the biggest thing that's going to slow things down here is. Servers have to be built and put into the four upstate casinos. That is part of the law to make it legal under the state constitution. So all nine of these operators will have to have servers servers located at one of these four upstate casinos. So in, in theory, when that is done for any of these folks, then you're going to start seeing online sports betting live in New York. But right now, we don't really have a guess on when any of these guys are going to be live. So we we get the names of everybody that's going to be available. There are some other names that are not going to be available that we have seen get licensed in a bunch of other states. What are those that did not get approval there in New York? Yeah, uh, some fairly big names here. Some uh, some folks who were ho- really hoping to be in New York. Uh, one of them, Bet365, 
um, ha, you know, has had been a placeholder in New York, hoping to be in New York. They had to deal with a casino there. Uh, they were actually uh, scored high enough to be allowed into the market, but they didn't on their bid, but they did not get approved. So no breath to 65. The other big one, the joint bid from Barstool and Fanatic Sportsbook, which hasn't launched yet, uh, did not get accepted. So, so no Dave Portnoy, no Penn National here. Um, they're kind of downplaying the, the opportunity in New York in their earnings call, which we're going to get to here in a little bit. And then Fanatics, which uh, former FanDuel, uh, FanDuel CEO Matt King, not here, uh, not going to be here as well unless they go and inquire somebody, which is at least uh, at least feasible. Um, but they had they they had made their indication that they wanted to make New York the cornerstone of their launch. And right as of now, no no uh, no New York for for Fanatics uh, famously involved with Jay Z. Jay Z obviously tied up with New York and his brand. Yeah. Can't be super stoked that Fanatics not going to be in New York as things stand right now. But will they? Will they pull off an M&A to buy somebody here that we just listed? Who knows? There's, that's at least a possibility. Um, but, you know, or, or are they going to say, well, New York is just too hard to get into. We didn't want, we don't want to pay that tax rate anyway as our first one. But it's it's a bitter pill to swallow, I think, for for some of these big brands that wanted to be in New York. So as we look at this and I understand that everything's a fluid situation, but I'm sure people are going to be wondering, OK, so 51 percent tax rate. Is that set in stone forever? Uh, no bar stool, no score, no Fox bet, no bet 365. Is that set in stone forever? Like how is this? Do you anticipate that the tax rate will be negotiated at some point down the line? Do you feel like maybe some of these other places, uh, some of these other operators, if they want to get involved down the line, will also be able to do that? Or do you think that at least for the foreseeable future, this is what we're going to have? I don't think anything's changing in the real short term, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. This, uh, you know, I think everybody is aware, uh, you know, the, the 51% tax rate will be other than some monopolies that are around the, the country is, is basically the highest for a competitive market. Uh, people aren't going to make money in New York right away. This is, you know, like squatting on New York. You have to be in New York. You want to acquire customers. You, you, you know, you can't, you're not pitching. If you can't be in New York, you're not, you're not selling growth, right? You're, you're out of the largest market that is, is, that is open to lots of operators. So that's bad news. I don't think that's changing real soon. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, legislature can go into it. They could go say, Oh, we're going to go try to fix this law next year that, you know, it was hard enough just to get this through, uh, what, with, the, with the way it is, I don't see them going back and being a lot of appetite for reinventing the wheel here. They're going to get 51% of tax revenue from nine, nine, uh, sportsbook operators that want to pay that. So for now, that's going to they're going to probably see how this works and and what it looks like. Um, you know, I don't know on the operator side. There's maybe a little bit more fluidity. The state the regulators do have the ability to add uh, add folks to this, add sportsbook operators. But does that change the tax rate? Are the people who are paying lots of money early days will they be happy with it? Um, so there's at least a possibility of all of this. I think what the with the you know we're going to get into this when we talk about DraftKings here in a little bit. This isn't going to change the user experience terribly in the short term. They, there is a, this is a competitive market. They're going to acquire customers. They're going to be bonusing. There's going to be, you know, you can't like you, you can't just say, oh, well, I'm just opening our doors. All our money is going into to, to, to licensing and market access. Right. You have they are still going to compete. So you're not going to see, you know, this, these uh, you're not going to see worse odds. That's that's garbage. We've not seen anybody just put out worse odds because there's more, a higher tax rate. So nobody's changing their odds for this. It, you know, whether the promotions are as aggressive from everyone, that's that remains to be seen. But, you know, I think, you know, everybody's going to see New York as a loss leader here in the short term and uh, they're going to they're going to stomach what they have to see here. 
Yeah, that was kind of the the, the sentiment that I had as well. I, I saw a lot of people's opinions saying that, well, you know, are we going to get are we going to are, are the people in New York going to get far worse, you know, bonus offers and retention offers and different things than the people even in New Jersey? And are they going to start putting together party buses to take people across the state line to go bed in New Jersey as opposed to New York and all that? And one, I think you're playing with fire if you do, you know, stuff like that. You certainly don't want to get this. Like you said, it took forever to get this done in the first place. You don't want to get the state on your on your bad side of the people who are who are, you know, finally made this happen if you're busting people across straight lines and all that or whatever. But I, I guess the question it is, you know, will they get, you know, what people are getting in New Jersey? But I'm kind of like you. I believe that people are going to look at New York as, OK, maybe this does get changed down the line and just acquiring the customer even if it is, you know, not ideal at first is the most important thing. And we can deal with the retention stuff and all that down the line. And we'll, we'll try and make our money back off of however we acquire that customer. Yeah. The retention offers office offers is something that could, you could see a little bit of less of, I think, you know, they're going to acquire customers. They're, you know, not going to change their bonus drastically. I don't think the top operators for acquiring customers, they're going to, they're already marketing to some extent in New York between, you know, deals that exist with uh, with arenas and teams and uh, they're already in the New York market for radio and TV, because when you're buying in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, you're probably you're already buying New York to some extent. Now, there'll obviously be more of that. But so like, so where maybe retention is where you, you see a little less. I don't know, but maybe not. You know, it's uh, it's hard to say, you know, that's when we see the tax rate. That is where you think you start, you start th- you think that things will suffer downstream. Like you're not going to see maybe that to the extent they are in other states. But, you know, maybe maybe they just eat it. And again, again, as we're going to talk about here at DraftKings, at least DraftKings appears to be ready to eat it in New York and and do kind of uh, things as normal. Well, let's go ahead and, and, and do that then. Let's talk about DraftKings and, and what they've got going on, at least what we've what we've heard and what we've seen so far from them here and thinking about New York. Yeah, so uh, CEO Jason Robbins made uh, create a little bit of waves uh, on on the Twitter machine with a tweet that he that he put out there uh, just last week. Um, actually, replying to another thread about about something um, about DraftKings where, where DraftKings is headed. And he said, "Don't you understand? It's not about the money." And then goes on to say, "I I don't have I don't care about money anymore. It's about achieving our goal of one dot one capital T market cap by 2032." And that's T with a trillion. So DraftKings, uh, you can you, the CEO is aiming for within the next ten years, next decade, having a market cap of a trillion dollars, which obviously uh, raises uh, turns some heads. Um, you know, out of you know, all we also saw what is coming out. We saw a published report where he talks about New York and the fact that you know, long term, he sees New York as a big opportunity, but in the short term, going to be you know. Really early on, he's going to say, here's the quote, certainly early on, we'll approach it like we do other states where we'll invest into it and look for that two to three year path to profitability. But I think over the long term, we feel we can achieve something in a similar range to what we're achieving in other states from a long term margin perspective. So we cut you, you know, read the tea leaves there. DraftKings is saying, yeah, we're going to be we're we're in New York. We're going to be in New York in a big way. And it's not we're not just paying for market access. We're going to be into it. So, you know, uh, a lot here going on with DraftKings also had earnings stocks were down a little bit. Uh, they continue to, to burn through a lot of cash as, as everybody at the top of the market does right now. So, um, you know, what, what, you know, DraftKings big part of this, you know, we'll obviously hope to be a number one, number two, number three operator here in New York. And, uh, yeah, a lot, to, a lot, to, a lot to go on. If you, if you're one of these nine, uh, sports betting brands that are in New York. 
You mentioned that Barstool was not one of the bids that was accepted in New York. With that, what uh, what happened to Penn over uh, down the street there? It's not it's not been a great week for the for the Penn National, which has, uh, as, as I'm sure our listeners know, uh, a, a minority stake in Barstool Sports to deploy its sports uh, sportsbook brand. So, yeah, that New York piece is probably like that New York news that they didn't get in is probably only the third worst news that they've had uh, recently here for, for Penn National. Uh, they also reported earnings, missed profit pretty badly. Stock was down on that. Uh, this piece uh, that uh, has been widely circulated now on Business Insider about uh, Barstool's Dave Portnoy also came out just after the earnings and Penn National stock took a large hit that day. I'm not going to sit here and try to handicap where it came from. It was already down significantly before the Business Insider piece about sexual uh, allegations about, you know, allegations. I don't know. It's not it's not really a legal story with Portnoy. It's uh, more about what he's doing with with women uh, outside of the workplace. So it's it's so. But then the stock continued to go down, and you know this has been a, a roller coaster of a ride for the stock. Penn National stock over much of its history has been pretty stable. They you know they at the beginning of the pandemic, Penn National, which is a regional casino operator, uh, kind of really went down. It was trading as low as four dollars uh, uh, on the on the market, four dollars a share. Uh, did this deal with Barstool. Saw it meteorically rise over the course of all of 2020 up to the point where it's trading over $140 at one point. And now it's been bracingly since then, it's been on a downward turn. Uh, and then this latest time, we're trading down right now, we're trading at around $57 a share. So uh, uh, if you're if you're a, you're a brave person, if you're holding on to Penn National stock right now, let's put it that way, because it is it has been a roller coaster ride. If you if you bought it for it got out of 140. Good for you. If you're uh, still long on Penn and Barstool, uh, you have some work to do still. Let's talk about Illinois. And we were we brought up Illinois a couple of pods ago where we were talking about, OK, listen, at least it looked like maybe there was going to be a chance that we could get back to, you know, rational thinking there, that there would not be so much of this uh, ridiculous thinking that you have to register in person. We're OK. Maybe we're going to be able to get this thing to where you can register uh, mobily. What else is the big news they are coming out of Illinois, however, because we do have a really big number attached to them. Yeah. So Illinois trails badly on reporting numbers. So it was, it's November, right? We're just now getting September numbers. But Illinois continues, despite this, this, this dumbness with, uh, that's not a word, but uh, with uh, in-person registration that has been on and off again, Illinois is still the third largest state right now as things sit for, for total handle. So uh, almost 600 million in September, that's bigger than Pennsylvania. Um, uh, still well behind New Jersey and Nevada, but uh, it's kind of an indication of what's going to happen. Illinois is going to open up, uh, looks like in March for remote registration. And then, you know, we're going to see the market really start to grow again. But this is this is with, uh, you know, with recent months, people not be you know having to go to a casino and sign up. Uh, the other big thing about this, even though we're, we're behind, this is the first time we've seen five billion dollars wagered in a single month in, in regulated and legal U.S. sports betting jurisdiction, so uh, another a fairly big milestone there that we're seeing that much in you know September is you know the biggest month uh, because of the start of uh, of the NFL season and, and college football coming into its own there as well. So this is a a big milestone in terms of that. You know we're we're not probably not these these records are going to continue to come in terms of the market growing and more states. You know we add New York to this next mix. We're going to be talking you know, a lot of handle next year and just a lot more growth for the, the sports betting market in, across the U.S. All right. This is going to be some real big pressure for you here, Dustin, because typically 
This is where I turn to Adam and say, Adam, take us home on the on the quick state news here. But this is this is going to be all you this week. So I need you to step in and fill in admirably here for, for Adam here on the the quick state state updates. Uh, I, I don't know if I can do it nearly as well as Adam, but I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go. Um, you know, we the, the first one I've got here is Minnesota. This is one we definitely do not talk about very much about here on the podcast, but we have a bill that's coming in, in 2022. Apparently, um, Minnesota has been difficult in terms of the tribes kind of run gaming there. They have not been amenable to the expansion of sports betting. They're even the ones responsible for daily fantasy sports being slow rolled there and legalization when the wave of that hit in 2016 and 2017. So um, we have a rep uh, there who's leading the charge for a possible legalization next year. Uh, so we're not talking anything in the next couple months, but once, once the calendar turnover turns over and legislation coming down, then we're going to start seeing Minnesota possibly move toward legalizing in 2022. Uh, we have a new loss, uh, more details in the lawsuit uh, that's going on in Florida about the legality of the compact that allows for sports betting. I'm not going to bore you with the details here. I'm going to tell you to go read John Holden at LSR right <laughs> now. Uh, suffice it to say, there's some some weirdness. We we expect that just there could be a ruling as early as. Um, not uh, the top of next week on whether sports betting could move forward or not. Uh, you know, again, depending on who you ask, this this could shut down sports betting. It could just, you know, there, it could just be tossed out. There's a lot, lot going on here. But uh, the last week, the government in charge of the case uh, that's supposed that's supposed to be defending the compact for on the terms of the federal government uh, okayed the, the 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 compact between the Seminole Tribe and the state of Florida. Um, they have, did not do a good job in their initial oral arguments in front of the judge, and uh, there's a lot of a lot of questions about whether this case is going to move forward and and what's going to come of it. Last one, Ohio. We always talk about Ohio. This is the slowest state in terms of legalizing sports betting. Uh, always things going on here behind the scenes. Um, you know, there's there, you need to come to a compromise here. We have some some reporting at LSR about what's going on with the negotiations on how on exactly how online sports betting would go. Uh, they have till the end of the year to get Ohio done um, in terms of what, if they could legalize it for next year for a possible spring launch, certainly before NFL season. So we'll be watching that one closely over the coming weeks on, on where Ohio is going and if we could be seeing legal online betting there as soon as, uh, you know, next spring. Guys, as always, everything that we talk about here on the podcast, you can find awesome written work over on LegalSportsReport.com. So go over there, take in all of the great work that the team over there is doing. Seriously, they are listening to all of these calls and watching all of these hearings and reading all of these bills. So you don't have to. So be sure and go in and, and support what they're doing over there and we do appreciate the support here for this podcast so please subscribe rate and review any place that you are watching this or listening to this we do appreciate all the support for that as well if you want to follow dustin on the twitter machine it's absolutely free so go in smash the button at dustin galker and if you hate yourself you can follow me at matt brown m2 for dustin i'm matt talk to you guys soon. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.